since 1992, the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon has been one of Australia's largest half marathon events, taking in the best of Sydney's sights. Now, in its 30th year, say hello to the Hoka Runaway Sydney Half Marathon. With an updated half marathon course and an all-new 10km course, the best of Sydney's city streets are yours to enjoy on Sunday the 21st of May 2023. Entries are now open at runawaysydneyhalf.com.au. Episode number 276, part one of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. There's so much stuff happening this week leading into the World Cross Country Championships in Bathurst that we're going to break the podcast into two parts this week. So you hear part one today whenever you're listening to this and part two will come out a bit later in the week. A lot happening, a lot of results, probably the biggest week in our um maybe the history of recording the show coming up. I'm so excited that the World Cross Country Championships are coming to Australia and looking forward to talking about all the other things that are happening. Welcome to my co-host, Bradley Croker. How are you this Monday evening? Excited, Brady. Looking forward to a bit of a road trip. And, uh, boys? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm super excited as well. Moose, how are you going this week? Excited as well? Oh, I've got so much work to do. It's such a long trip getting up there. Going to be leaving Wednesday night and then driving Thursday, and and it's just a, a big chunk of time. Mate, I hope you find your positivity by Thursday. Yeah, you've got to match well, coach on that. We're up and down. Up and around goes. for three days. You're not driving nine and a half hours, mate. <laughs> I'd be pretty positive if I was just going over to the next town as well. What do you mean that you're leaving on pretty... Wednesday night? Are you going Wednesday and stopping over somewhere? Yeah, well, I couldn't do Nine and a half hours in a car will destroy me. So I thought, well, let's go Wednesday night, stop in Aubrey, and then just do the next little, the next day. So break it into sort of like half, I guess. That's smart from you. I like that. Just take an extra day off work. That's no, cool. I'm going Good Wednesday night. It. Wednesday night after work. Oh yeah, you take Thursday fully off. Thursday, that's, Friday. That's what off I was going to have to do anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, let's get talking about all the other stuff. Um, take us through your week, Moose. Brad went first last week. You take us through your your running week first this week. Yeah, well, I was okay this week. I think I did like 101K or something. I just, not really a taper, only the the last maybe two days was a taper. Uh, Started off the taper anyway. So I'm two um, weeks out as we sit here or a little under. So Monday, 45, round town. Tuesday had a good workout. So we went into Deacon, obviously, and this was 8K worth of uh, alternating 400s. So it was t- 10 sets, no, 
yeah, 10 sets of 400 at 72, 400 at 82, or that was the, the goal at least. Um, and the rule was that if you ran like a, a 73, then the, the, the float rep had to be um, a little bit quicker as well, like for the amount of time, just to make up so the average remained the same. So we had a good group and this was, we, we were able to sort of get some, some guys on the group and they could pull out when they wanted or sit a lap out and then jump in again or that they could just do a little less of the workout. Um, and I spoke to Matt maybe the day before and said, how many reps, how many sets do you think you'll get out of this? Like how long do you think you'll go for? And um, he said 10 and I said, oh yeah, I think eight will be good to aim for. But we'll, we'll give ourselves a range of a target from six to ten, and if you start working too hard, just just pull off. If you go outside workout effort, we'll call it, and into race effort, it's too it's too much. Um, so I actually fucked up the first rep. So off the off the line, I went seventy four, which means the first rep was eighty eight, uh, or seventy four, and then seventy eight. So the guys behind me were like, "What the hell's going on here?" I thought we agreed it was 72.82 and it's just started in a bit of a shambles. But after that, it was pretty much clockwork, like 71 and then 80 for most of them. Uh, 72 a couple, 79 a couple of um, floats. So the average ended up for me, like I was on track mode, so the GPS is is pretty good. Um, I got a spot on 8K the average of 309 and I, I felt good at the end so my last two got going a little bit further so I went um, 71, 78, 70 and then but that was 70 is wrong I actually went a bit quicker than that I went through in like 66 I reckon 67 and then um, 75 for the last rep so yeah it was good work it was a good workout there were, there were a couple of so there was me and Maddie got 10 laps each. Uh, Doki went to eight. Will went to eight. And then they stood one out and then did the last one with us. And then a couple of others um, did their own workout just at slower paces. It was, um, we got we got it done. And this is a great workout. You know, you get it short and sharp. It's not that short because it's still 8K, but there's no rest breaks. You're constantly going. What, you ever done this one, you two? No, I haven't. I was impressed by it. Commented on your Strava pretty early once you uploaded it. I thought it was a great workout. It wasn't very difficult, to be honest. Really? Like, this, this wasn't a hard one. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's the fitness that I got going or whether we had a group there or it just the paces weren't that tough. What pace did but, you average for that track 10K a few weeks ago? Yeah, slower than this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You've gone 8K in this workout. I'm just, I'm just fitter now. Yeah, turned a corner. Yeah, it's it. Was the weather yeah, good? Just yeah, weather was fine. Uh, it turned to shit after that, but it was a good workout. Like it was good, good, good morning for it. No real wind, and like I said, these Tuesdays, like everyone gets up for them. It's a good vibe down there. That's one of the main things that I'm kind of disappointed about, or or I'm not looking forward to after this marathon is that I, I have to go back and. And rest, and I'll, I won't be able to just keep the ball rolling with the the Tuesdays, because I'm really enjoying it, and I don't want to stop the momentum, mm. but I'm I'm going to have to. 
anyway, Wednesday, yeah, just got out in the morning, 11 clicks. Thursday, same thing, just a bit shorter. And then Friday, I did a workout with, uh, with Kieran. So Kieran's training for Canberra Marathon. So this was one of his first longer workouts. So it was, it was a long fartlek. We've done these in the past. Uh, I, I love these ones. So I'll read it out to you just so you, you know where, what it is. It's one set. We start five minutes at 3.40, five minutes at 3.20. Then you roll into two sets of four minutes at 3.35, four minutes at 3.15. And then into three sets of three minutes at 3.30, three minutes at 3.10. So there's no rest break between these. It's just a continuous run. And you're getting faster as the workout goes on. Your floats drop by five seconds per K each rep. And you're the same with your ons, dropping by five seconds per K. Uh, and then the reps get shorter, but you do more of them. So it, the, the workout really only gets difficult when you start hitting the, the three-minute reps at the end because all the other paces, it, it kind of just slowly, slowly gets harder, slowly gets harder, but it's not difficult. And then all of a sudden, like the last rep or so, you do start to feel fatigue from the, like the 45 minutes you've been running. And the paces are getting harder to hit because they're actually quite fast compared to what you've been doing. So it's just... It's a brilliant workout. I would recommend others having a crack at this. Moose, where are you getting your paces from for other people who may want to have a crack at it? Yeah, okay. So relevant paces here would be, well, there's just, there's no real template for this. Um, If you look at the fastest rep, the 310, it's probably about 10K pace. And then the two minutes then the four minutes before that it's probably half marathon pace and then maybe a little quicker than marathon pace for the five minutes and then we were just going 20 seconds slower for the float yeah so if you just go 20 seconds slower and then drop down by five seconds each time you you get quicker uh and and we we did them a bit fast there's no doubt like we didn't hit those paces we all we were we were quicker on everything um, so we were 317, 318, 333, 312, 336, 310, 319, 326, 306, 326, 305, 327, 305, 327, 305, 327, 305, 327, 305, He's taken your heart, hasn't he? You yeah, love talking I reckon. about him. Yeah. I don't coach him. Then you yeah, like five, five messages a day. You messaged. You um, mentioned Kieran. Isn't he staying in the Bathurst? He's coming. Stay. You might. You might also bond with him. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Heard yeah. so much about him these days. He. Uh, he's. He, he's committed to the cause, and that's uh, like, he just shows up. Don't get a lot out of him. Real. Real unassuming character, however, can put the runs on the board in training. Haven't had a lot of great races from him yet. That's one thing we're lacking. So that's the year for track for races. What about, what about poor Toby uh, Brady? Oh, Gone yeah. from being at the top, you know, gold medal in the lead up to Valencia. Now he's 
barely hanging on for bronze, I reckon. Yeah, haven't heard much about Toby for Moose for a long time. If if he actually ran Valencia, then we could be talking. He could be still in the same breath as as Kieran, but he isn't. Kieran's he, good with the ladies too, isn't he? Do you say he's a well, landscape, a real like big arms and tan and stuff? Certainly doesn't have big arms. Uh, not sure how good he is with the ladies. Pretty quiet on that front. We'll see. We'll see how he goes over the weekend in Bathurst. Him and Zaka can go head to head. Oh, him and Zaka will be a tag team, I reckon, out there. A couple of single boys on the farm. <laughs> yeah, move on. Family yeah, run the next day is recovery. Family run. So Bree had um, Pia on the the bike, like in the, and we went up. She she wasn't enjoying it that much, so we decided to run to the golf course where Anglesey Golf Course, famous for all the kangaroos on there. So we um, got out on the course, and and she uh, she had a look at some kangaroos calls them hoppers does like hopping movements when she sees them and then we ran home that was quite good actually it was pretty warm in the arvo and then the next day like this was a kind of a nothing run for me because it wasn't supposed to be fast and it wasn't that long it was uh 26k we ran some hills though uh it just felt like it was i was kind of just getting through it um because i wasn't that inspired to run hard uh, and I knew I wasn't going that long. Yeah. So, yeah, I just uh, ticked it over. The, some of the boys went longer. Uh, no one did a workout. But that was my week, 105K. And picked up a small little Achilles kind of niggle. Sunday afternoon, I was lying on the couch, and I'm like, hmm, what's going on with that Achilles? And what I find is that the cloud, the on, um, fuck, the on cloud monster, my foot sits deep in that heel cup, like it's a pretty deep cup, and it, it just irritates my Achilles a bit, like the pressure from the uh, the shoe, and so I need to be careful of that. And I think that's what's happened is it just irritated the tendon a little. And so I had today off, Monday, day off, got a massage, feels fine. I'll be right to go tomorrow, but I just wanted to play it really safe. Moose um... old uh, cross country in Bathurst mm. saw that your Achilles. Yeah, I know. I'm still... The week before a marathon as well. High uh, risk. Yeah, we're up in the air about that at the moment. I'm going to take the shoes for it. But um, You look, might be at Bathurst Park Run with Croaks. Come and do some oh, six-minute ropes on Friday morning. Could be us. <laughs> we're going to get more attention doing that down the main street than we will out at, <laughs> out at Bathurst coming 80th. <laughs> we'll just time it so, like, when everyone's driving out to the course... We'll make sure we do it down the main road. I'm tapering for the long run Sunday. <laughs> oh, no, nah, there will be no long run. Long run Saturday, I think. That's not a bad idea, actually. I like that, Moose. Could yeah. be tired for our media commitment, so Saturday afternoon. Well, I didn't get a pass, mate, so you're the media man. Coaching commitments, whatever you've got on. Coaching, yes, yep. Talk more about that a bit later on, what's going to happen on the weekend. Um, Bradley, take us through your week. It's a good week, though, Moose. See what happens between now and Friday, because as much as I'd love to race you, I'd hate for you to get injured on a hard cross-country course a week oh, before a marathon. It would be done. Yeah, it would be so dumb. It wouldn't be the smartest thing to do. And look, I'm, uh, I'm not a chance in Athletic Australia's eyes, so we'll, I'm not going to let anyone down there. Yeah, that was unlucky. I did read the media release today that they did about the golden ticket race, which I thought was um, Good and bad that they're kind of giving it that attention, I suppose. I suppose it's good. Anytime any people are talking about 
uh, the golden ticket or athletics is a good thing but they did do a yeah an article today talking about the favorites in that golden ticket race and they mentioned that Liam Adams would be the um the first potential winner Ed Goddard you'd in call there. him a lock wouldn't you Liam Adams Tom DeCanto and multiple world mountain running representative Leo Peterson from Australia so no mention of the 2019 Australian marathon member Croaks from Doha Julian Spence Mm. When did they start rating fucking world mountain running and world half marathon over actual world championship running? They got short memories. Twenty nineteen wasn't that long. Wasn't that long ago? Oh, stiff and t- two fourteen marathoner. What have you had Ed, Ed, Ed Goddard too? I reckon. See, represent Australia at the world champs. I don't uh, think he has a, a half. Yeah, half. I reckon your world champs is higher than Tommy and um, his. World Champs just sits below Olympics above Com Games. We've all agreed on this. That's that's signed, written, delivered. We yeah, don't so, need to worry about so it. It should be Liam, the headliner, and you the support. And the rest of the I'd boys so. line up. Question hey, um, for you. Question, sorry. Close. I have a question for you afterwards, Moose. All right. Eight-time World Cross representative, Liam Adams, would that become nine-time World Cross athlete if he wins a ticket and goes in? No. You have to be wearing an Australian singlet, I think. Okay, next question. What are the athletes going to wear who are golden ticket, who are running in this race against, like, obviously it's a country versus country event. I know the answer to this one, Moose. I've heard it. Are you concerned, um, hang on, before you answer it, are you concerned that having a bloke in a a busted up tradie singlet, which Liam races in, isn't going to be a good look for the World Cross Country Championships? I'm, I'm more concerned with someone just marketing the shit out of themselves. Oh, yeah, and just fanging the first 200. Yeah, I just reckon it'll look gross, but anyway. I mm. believe they get given a black ASICS kit to wear. Okay. So they they okay. all have to wear this same See, kit. I like that. I like that. Liam won't, Liam won't like that, though, because he blocks no, out he the logos. Like he won't be wearing an ASICS. Yeah. They're not paying him. <laughs> That's a good point too. Mm. Like, should you be forced to wear something if you're not representing anybody? Although this is not, this is like, this is a. It's not like you've you've made the team and you. Yeah. Like mm. you don't have to run if you don't want. Part two of this week's episode was meant to be about all world cross country stuff, and here we are already. But I do like well, it. So, I know the excitement's high. So, Moose, my question for you is, and I know the marathon. It's not a major goal for the year like you've said that you want to be you know focused on a marathon later in the year but if you were coaching somebody who was running a marathon over in japan would you get them to do this 6k cross country the week before no i wouldn't get them to do that so just yeah so just think about it in the lead up this week. i know and i've been just, thinking yeah. about it a lot actually especially after seeing the course and how cambered it is yeah and and going through sand and um, I'm just thinking, fuck, my ankles are going to be sore after that. Well, I think uh, you pull up sore just just because, like, like I know you do do a fair bit over hills already, but this is different. This is different to what you have been training, like the way you've been training recently. So mm. even without the cambers, I think just a hard cross-country race, you're going to pull up pretty like sore from it with doms and stuff. Yeah. Which is not but, ideal a week before a marathon. Nah, I know. And I was the, the fitter I've got, the more serious I'll take this marathon. And probably when I entered the race, I was uh, it wasn't that serious, I guess. Mm. But the the workout Friday, as I was recovering from running like three ten efforts, 
and I was running at low 320s or th- or mid 320s, I was thinking, fuck, this is easy. Like, I this is marathon effort easy. So I'm feeling like I could um, actually run a decent marathon right now. So I'll probably uh, like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll think about it some more. But I reckon I'm 80 percent not running now after. After the new wise man of the show just convinced me not. <laughs> After Craig's talked you out of it. He did well. Um, you've also Before. got to consider the travel. Like, you're going to be putting another nine hours home and then, what, another three hours to the airport and then the flight to Japan on top yeah. of a battered body from cross country. Yeah, there's a fair bit going on and I'm busy And alcohol too. consumption. And the hangover. Yeah. Oh, I can't drink anymore, lads. You're <laughs> going to be real disappointed with me. <laughs> I am an old boy. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've got so much on at work too. There's a lot happening. So I'm, I'm pretty flat knacker. We'll, we'll just see how we... Just jog around, Bruce. Just me and you out the back. We'll just do Let's it as a tempo. Yeah, yeah, te- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross the line holding hands or something. It'd be nice to, to see the course. Yeah, Maybe even just do one be... lap and then pull out, do a workout somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, could do that, yeah. All right, Great. Brad, tell us about your week. All right, I went through it. Uh, yeah, 45 minutes Monday morning, 4.22s. I then did a few hill strides, so I hadn't done those for a while, but uh, I did say earlier in the year that one of my goals, goals was to start doing a few more of those sort of one percenters, so... Uh, did maybe five sort of 10, 15 second um, hill sprints. Tuesday afternoon, met up with the group out at uh, Thoroughbred Park and the session was eight by three minutes with one minute sort of walk recovery. Uh, This went really well, actually. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it ended up being a bit of a progressive session where first rep was 3.24, last one was 3.06, average 3.16s and felt pretty strong. to put into some context, two weeks earlier, I did the five by two minutes with 75 second rest and then five by one minute with one minute rest. And I was pretty gassed doing those two minute reps off 75 seconds rest. And I pretty much averaged the same pace that I was doing for these three minute reps. So um, that was encouraging. It was a bit windy. Each rep had like half of it was in, yeah, half of it had a headwind, half of it had a tailwind. Um, but obviously, depending on where we were, um, one rep was headwind for the first half, tailwind for the second one, and then the second rep was was opposite because we're pretty much getting uh, two reps in for each lap of the track. Uh, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday, uh, yeah, midweek long run, so 80 minutes, 418s, um, 18 and a half K or so. Then Thursday, 45 minutes, 421s. And then Friday morning, I met the group. I uh, wanted to do like an undulating tempo. So I normally do those out at Mulligans, but um, just for the for the sake of the group, like most people, because it's north side, most people won't be able to make it before work. So Friday morning sessions, I've been trying to do it somewhere sort of central. So there's this loop over near the AIS, which I've never done a session there before, but I've run around it. Um, years ago I thought oh that would be pretty good Um, got there the elevation was perfect for it but just the trail was just not not in great nick Um, it was a bit rough and uh, a bit overgrown in areas Um, but you know we couldn't go anywhere else so it's about just over 3k a loop so we did just short of two laps uh, so like 5.8k ran like 333s for that and then took sort of four minutes recovery and then we just did some short hills afterwards 30 second hills and uh yeah like i haven't done an undulating tempo for so long and they are they are tough 
but they are so good for you. And I reckon when I was running really well in like 2017, 2018, I was doing so much of this stuff. It was almost like just you get comfortable at being uncomfortable because you just don't get into a rhythm. Um, but then, you know, the more you do it, the obviously the easier it gets. But then you seem to have so much more power and strength when you get onto the like the sessions on the flat. So, um, yeah, it was reasonably tough for me just because I haven't done this sort of stuff. But I definitely want to be doing more of that over the next few months. Um, so that was Friday, Saturday. How much, what was the um, gain for your tempo? Uh, it was probably like probably 80 metres of elevation over like five and a half K. Like, yeah, yep. but it was more – but what sort of made it more – like the, none of the climbs were super steep. It was more the fact that – you had enough elevation um, and it was always sort of, you, you just couldn't get into a rhythm. Plus, you know the difference between you do a, a hilly tempo where the, the surface is really good and you can still actually get a fair bit out of it versus a real bit of a rocky sort of trail where you've got the elevations plus you're not getting that much out of the surface because you've got to be so conscious of your footing. Yeah. Um, it just made it a little bit, yeah, a little bit harder, that's all. Um, so I'm going to have, have a look around for maybe a different place to do a similar session. Yep. Uh, uh, Saturday just did an uh, yeah an hour at 4.25s and then, um, yeah, met up with Rob and Andrew, uh, a couple of guys that I coach uh, for a long run. I did 90 minutes the week before, so I wanted to go hopefully an hour 45 to an hour 50. Got through an hour 50 at 4.20s, um, really nice morning. So that was 25.5K for a week of 111. So, yeah, about another 10, 10K increase on the week before. And, yeah, fitness is definitely um, definitely improving. Good. I like that creeping, you know, the 80 minutes and out of the hour 50 on the Sunday. Like, you just got to creep it up slowly. Yeah, like I'm, I'm keen to you know start doing some doubles and stuff, but I'm just like, oh, it's just silly. Like I don't, I don't need to at the moment. Just keep you know, getting a couple of decent sessions in a week, you know, eighty to ninety minutes midweek, and then I'll just you know hover hour forty five to two hours on Sundays for a while. Yeah, smart. I'll uh, whistle through this week, Monday, seventy minutes at four forty sixes. Just that real active recovery day. In between the Sunday and the Tuesday, just got to take it easy. Um, Tuesday, I did five by a mile at 3.12 average pace, off 60 seconds jog. I've been doing these off 90 seconds and cut it back to 60 and definitely felt a difference. It's amazing the difference 30 seconds makes in your ability to recover. So, um, yeah, definitely noticed that in that one. And then I got out for Is 30. the idea behind these threshold pace? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think one of them was probably a bit quicker, but a bit GPS generous, maybe going around the um, a caravan park that we kind of turn around in. But in saying that, I do find the Coros is a lot more accurate than the Garmin. Like it almost, you know, sometimes when you go into corners and you used to come out of them like dropping time, whereas I feel like the Coros, as it should, like adds time on. Have you guys noticed that with the Coros? Yeah, like definitely if you're running on a, a course where you're doing lots of U-turns and, and just turns in general, it's it's more accurate. But um, like the guys I was running with on Sunday, uh, he had a, a Garmin and I had a Coros and would pretty much bang on the same distance just because it was, you know, there weren't a lot of turns. Yeah, yeah. I find those like right angle ones. Like I used to love doing those out of the industrial estate because I'd drop like five seconds of K going around them, but now it kind of adds five seconds of K and I've got to kind of work to keep the pace up in them. So, um, yeah, nice little workout. I didn't want too much because I had to race Friday night. So, yeah. So tell me though. Yep. 
312 average is pretty quick for threshold at the moment. Do you reckon that's faster than threshold? And if it is, is it because the rep's only... So short. Yeah, oh, potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Well, well now that you, it's about, given that you race Saturday night... About we seven seconds. You ...where you're at. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that, and then I'll ask you. I'll, All right. Yeah, because I'm not... Although I raced, I'll tell you about... My, yeah, wait for me to tell you about the race, and then, yeah, let me get to that. Um, Wednesday, I did 90 minutes before work, 4.24s. Getting a bit of pretty dark early on now, so I kind of got to stick to the roads before the sun comes up. We got on some nice riverside trails in there, which was good. Thursday, I did 12K easy with um, 5 by 15 second strides. And then Friday, the day of the race, I did 25 minutes in the morning at 4.45 pace before work. And then, um, yeah, drove to Bendigo, took Hudson down. He stayed at mum and dad's before work, oh, sorry, after work. And then, yeah, lined up for the Bendigo 5K frenzy, thinking it's third year, 9 p.m. race, which concerned me a bit because I'm usually in bed at 9 p.m. on a Friday night. But it wasn't too bad. It was hot. It was 29 degrees and pretty windy. Um, the plan was I tried to tee up a bit of a 15-minute group. So I had Jamie the Beast Cook, he had a ticket, Glenn McMillan had a ticket, two blokes from Ballarat Moose that you'd know, Luddy and there was another guy from Ballarat, Harry. Keith Scott. Keith Scott, that's right. His name just escaped me there for a second. He was on the train. And um, there was a young kid from Bendigo as well, Jaden Padgham, who occasionally runs with us in the relays for Division 1. So we had about like five or six of us. Oh, and there was one of your mates too, Croaks, from APS. I didn't know him, but when the gun went, he kind of took us through in 72. So I was like, beautiful, this is good. We just got to sit in this big pack. Archie, Nath and Ben Byshaw out in front. So I was just like, just try and win this second pack. We went through the first K in like 3.03, which I was like, okay with, because I thought, oh, we can just kick down at the end and find those three seconds if we want to go under 15. And then the beast went to the front, took probably 500 metres. And then coming into the wind with eight laps to go, I thought I'd help him out and do a, do a couple of laps. And then it kind of dwindled real quick. And um, yeah, no one kind of stayed with me at that pace. I think I went through 2K and 6.04. And then 3K maybe, I think it was like 9.08. Ended up running the last eight laps solo. Ran um, 15.09. Come home in 2.56, which was all right. Kind of went to sleep a bit in the in the middle there. But I guess it's, I was, I was a bit disappointed initially, like 15.09. You know, I'm not sure if you guys know, but my PB is 14.09, so it's about a minute off that. Um, but it was hot. It was after work. I didn't really taper. I think it's probably probably in that kind of like 14.40 to 14.45 shape that I thought I was beforehand, which I'd probably take. And like, I wasn't, like when we talk about A races, B races, like C races, this was really a C race, something to get involved in and have a crack at. So... Yeah, the time initially annoyed me. Then I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. I think it's worth quicker than that. And the good thing was I felt strong. Like I was solo working into the heat and wind, but I felt like I not so much had an extra gear, like the pace felt solid, but I didn't fade. So um, yeah, I come fourth. I nearly got Ben. He'd gotten by four seconds in the end, but he was probably at least oh, 100 metres ahead of me at one stage in the race there. So thought it was a good solid effort. What do you think it's worth, Moose, in the weather? You got one of those heat calculators? I was asking it for you yesterday. One of the I ones, one of the so ones told me 1350, won't you say, Brady? No, no, well, the boys were saying take a minute off. I'm like, boys, that's too generous. Don't take a minute off. Maybe take off 30 seconds. And like, <laughs> Nath, for example, how hot was it? How hot it was 29 was it? degrees. 
and sixteen k an hour wins. Like oh. I, I took a drink out the back straight. Never had a drink in the track race in my life. Put it into perspective. Fifteen oh seven. Hey, it's interesting though. I reckon five k is probably at the point like three k. I don't reckon heat has much of an much of an impact. Five hmm. k is still on the minimal side because it still is only fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely worth some time, but. It's not like running a 10 or a half or a marathon where oh, yeah. you're taking, like, where it's minutes, you know. Like. Put it this way, I didn't even think. Beforehand, I was like, the wind's going to be what impacts it here, not the heat. But, like, you know when you get that dry wind and then your tongue sticks to, like, the roof of your mouth? Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, yucky. One of the calculators I used, Moose, told me it was 1438. I'll give, yeah, well, give you 15 what you want? seconds. What do you want? Oh, yeah, because ha- I think maybe round me up to 1510. Take 10 off for the weather. Take 10 off because I wasn't tapered. Take 10, take 10 off because I led the last eight laps solo. Do you know what, though? What your calculator say, Moose? It doesn't matter. You didn't run it. So we're not doing this. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> because we're not, like, there's no point doing this. I hate this conversation. No, but I'm just saying that if I'm, if I'm analyzing my own fitness at the moment to set my threshold pace for workouts, I'm not going off 15.09. I'm going off 14.50. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. so I've put in fourteen fifty into the McMillan calculator, and they're saying like threshold is around three fourteens. Oh yeah, there we go. And so half marathon, half marathon at three fifteens. Yeah. So sixty eight forty one. Yeah, I'd run quick in the sixty eight forty one at the moment. I reckon. You got to. I was. You got to realize I was tired. We had our swimming carnival during the day and stuff. Like I was walking up and down the pool at thirty eight degrees in my all day. Mate, this it's all right. You don't have to be. I'm, hey, you don't I'm, have to justify to us. I know. I know. Did you um? Did you write your own intro that you got the commentator to read out? No, I didn't. I didn't. Huh? I didn't. I was shaking my head with whatever he was saying, Brett Gilligan. Gee, sure. there's a bit of carry on. Did he always a bit of carry on from Brett? He um he likes the mic, old Gilligan. Um, a good event. It's good. I think they had 100 entries. So just just always gets rough weather there though it's never good remember the year we did it, it was like 30k wins i reckon that night yeah that was hot what did we run then 14 i think i was 14 52 i reckon and you were maybe 48 or 47 or something maybe yeah something like that yeah better anyway. field though oh much better field we'll put it this way nath won in 14 40 uh, 14 36 and you ran 14 15 the week before at box hill and he said that um, was, he said that was harder at bendigo but i guess he did a bit more leading Marquee's not there anymore. No, the market. I think it's still got some money though. Like every different race had different sponsors, and then like. But they, going through the big, going through yeah. the tent. They, that was cool. That was like. That was the first I year. That was what they did well. Yeah, I think that was. Work, a, I think they had a big. Or oh, would have blown over on um. No, maybe not. It wasn't as windy as that year they put it up. I think they had a big grant that first year to put on an event. Uh, right. Anyway, stayed over. Got to bed with the nine p.m. races. You don't get to sleep until late. Got to bed about half past 12, had some woke up at 3.15, wouldn't settle. So I ended up in his uh, his bed until 6 a.m. when he woke up. So I was pretty tired Saturday morning. We got out for 16K just around Bendigo. Average 4.46s, nice loop in there. Saw the new skate park in Bendigo, which was nice. Uh, then back in Moama, Sunday, got out for 32K. First 25K was with Archie, average 4.06s. Feeling really good on Sundays at the moment. Just, um, just feeling... Feeling like I can pick it up a bit at the end, which I did after Archie um, finished up. So I kind of got rolling at your pace, Croaks, for the last 7K there. Averaged uh, 356s. And I think I think I'm going all right. I'm getting there, 140K a week. Um, 
be interesting to just give me two or three more weeks, boys, and I might be able to show you something impressive on paper. See what we can find. Anyway, um, other big news though, boys. Big big weekend for Chuka Moama. You would have seen my boy Todd Murphy playing cricket for Australia. How was that? Your mate. Heap, heaps how'd, of, how'd, how'd, the Aussies, how'd the Aussies go, Brady? Heaps of people writing in. Didn't he take seven wickets, Crooks? I don't really follow cricket, but a lot of people writing in saying this bloke's from Moama, Brady's hometown. Mm. So, you yeah, go to primary school with him. He went to the primary school I worked at, yeah. St. Mary's, Achuka. He wasn't in my room, he was in the one next door, though, with Rob Morris. Used to teach him technology. Which is good, hopefully he remembers me. Just amazing, though, isn't it? And we've got um, Moama McDonald's, that's opening soon as well, so there's a lot happening in the town. <laughs> No, you know, Maccas. once the town gets a Maccas, it's fucked. Well, we've already got a Chuka Maccas, but now we're getting one in Moama. Yeah, that's the end of the town. Yeah. I'm sorry. But no more you... culture, no more small town vibes. You're over now. Have you got a Maccas in Anglesey? No, but Torquay caught one. And oh, after yeah. that, no yeah, more yeah. talk. It's it's just a city now. It's a metropolis. <laughs> no it? one says hello to each other. It's just fucked. That's what happens. But I thought it was like, because we've got the two best AFL players coming out of a Chuka Moama like Ollie Wines and Clayton Oliver. Now we've got the best cricketer in the world. And we've got me and Archie winning XCR <laughs> premierships. Like, can you believe so many people are good at sport coming out of a town of 20,000 people? Well, i tell you what, Brady, it's hard for you to get uh, on the back page of the paper these days. It used to be easy when we started the podcast. Nah. You were, you were the big dog. It's still easy, Croaks, because these guys turn into big time. and They're not here anymore. So I'm still willing right. to give the local journalists a bit of time if they want to talk to me. You, you obviously didn't hear the introduction that they gave him at this Bendigo what race. What did they say, I actually didn't hear it. Oh, it was made, I almost threw up just in the, like, beer that I was drinking. Couldn't get over how many, um, how many people in the crowd. I reckon the premiership this year really made running huge in Bendigo and people rocked up to kind of see some of the premiership runners. There was no one there compared to nah, the I had a look at it, actually. You can't actually see how many people were there. There was the, nobody there. Would have been a couple hundred. It was at a stage. Like, I'm a, I'm a big for... fan of these small events, but what I was thinking was like, gee, this has really dropped off since the time that we did it. I went That's... for a warm up, and then um, people were getting out of taxis, getting there. Like it was like a, you know, when you go to the races, it's like that kind of vibe. People being on the beers and got a taxi to the local sporting event. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, move on. Yeah. What? No. What did the guy say? What did the guy say? Oh, he said two. He said a lot, did he? but it was around. This man needs no introduction. However, then he, proceed, then he proceeded to introduce you for five minutes while you were there clapping yourself on the <laughs> start line. I was not. Yes, you were. I was not. I was getting out of there. I was waving him off. Anyway, it was good. Um, let's thank some Patreon supporters. Bradley, kick things off. All right, I've got a couple. The first one is to an Anna. I have absolutely no information on Anna. So any Anna that listens to the show, uh, thank you for your support. Um, do you guys know any Annas that have signed up Patreon? Nah, don't know any Annas. No. All right. So that's um, one shout out. My other one is to Andre Puntevold Pereira from Stavanger in Norway. He's an amateur runner sporadic road cyclist and skier and third wave coffee enthusiast what's third wave coffee you guys know never heard of it no, no i can not tell you i went through his pbs so 1644 for 5k 3336 for 10 7207 for the half and 235 which he did at valencia last year plans on doing berlin or and or valencia this year and listen to this for a bio he's a doctor with varied experience from both general practice and general medicine. He's an approved petroleum diving and naval doctor and commissioned lieutenant in the Norwegian army with experience in selection, training, and teaching at a professional military unit. 
Jesus. Ooh, that's a nice bio, isn't it? What's yeah. a petroleum doctor? Dive, uh, approved petroleum He'd dive diving. down to where they and... drill for petrol and stuff, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oil, stuff like that, I reckon. No. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good one. Third that's way. a good one. Thanks, Andre. Jeez. Yeah, to yeah, be really... a smart guy. Third way, coffee is a movement in coffee marketing, emphasizing high quality. Mm. Beans are typically sourced from individual farms and are roasted more lightly. Real hipster shit, that. <laughs> Real high-end hipster stuff. No Nescafe 27 for him, you reckon, Moose? No, no, that's taken. That's like you're paying 10 bucks for a cup of coffee and you don't even know the difference yeah. type stuff. Oh, well, 10 bucks in Norway, wouldn't it? Just for instant coffee, I reckon. Oh, yeah. They're loaded over there. Anyway, thanks, Andre, for your support. Moose, who you got? Luke Norman. So Luke is from Christchurch in New Zealand. He's run 5K on the track in 1822, then 38.02 at the 2021 Wellington Road Champs, 83.21 at, no, sorry, 80, 83 minutes at the 2021 Christchurch Half. Ran his marathon debut at last year's Auckland Marathon, where he ran three hours and 35 seconds. Stiff. You know, he had his eye on that on the watch from like 25k onwards. Runs for Wellington Scottish, and Luke is a director in the deal advisory team at KPMG. What's that stand for? Oh, it's one of those accounting firms. The deal advisory team. Uh, may have a couple of kids too, Luke. Thanks, Luke, for your support. Another fast guy. I'm going to thank Frederick Brew from Christiansand in Norway, which I looked up, west coast of Norway, population of about 24,000 people, highest ever weather degrees there, 32, coldest day, negative 14. Follows me and Christian on Strava, but not Moose. What all, Brady? Does he follow you? Uh, don't know. Because you know how you see when, oh, when you, you click it, on them, yeah. because it, it's locked down, yeah, it's, uh, it only shows who... They, who else they follow, mutual I people. I don't understand that. Why would you follow slow runners and not a fast runner? Good bloke he wants to follow, I reckon. I don't understand that. Maybe he'd fucking get a bit faster if he followed a fast runner. I'm trying to find him now, <laughs> Croaks, to see if he... Um... 20... Yeah, keep going. Sorry, I'll rip him one after this. Okay. Um, let me get back on track. Uh, we found some possible results in the 2021 Romsdal Half Marathon, where he ran a time of 76.33. Not sure if that's him, because we also found a marathon result from the Oslo Marathon, where he ran two th- in 2012, where he ran 3.23. So if that is the same guy, solid improvement for go- to go from 3.23 from 76.33. Um, which you'd expect well, you know following, following, following gurus from right, Brady and Christian. Yeah, he ain't yeah. following Christian's training because he'd be going backwards he's if back. he was doing that. He's back. He'll be coming back soon. Quit catching up with him and Toby, hopefully. Toby's keen. Just got to get Christian on board, hopefully this week. So that would be good to talk to those boys. The Monthly, we're going to rename that show, boys. The Monthly with Christian and Toby. Do you like that? Once a month? Yeah, it's good. good. You, you, could make, you, you could make a reference to the... Um, Female menstruation cycle. You don't want to be on that with those two boys, to be honest. These shows are off the rails as it is. <laughs> uh, Shoe Geeks coming out. So that'll be on Patreon. Shoe Geeks coming out. Patreon the next couple of days as well. So give you that to listen to early. And the big news that dropped today on Patreon, maybe going to social media, not sure if Zach has said it there yet, is that uh, we announced the panellists for the Road to London, which is going to be 
a 10-week series leading up to the 2023 London Marathon. It's going to start, it's going to start, the panellists are going to be Nick Earle and Ali Pashley back together, which I'm looking forward to after their time on Road to Nowhere together for such a long series back in the day. And they're going to be joined by the greatest Australian female marathoner of all time, Sinead Diver. So it's going to be a massive uh, panel to put together. Looking forward to hearing their training, all three of them. Uh, Nick's going to host it, so we'll make the other yeah, two, the, make the, other two the superstars. And then, well, Nick, he will get back in shape. Don't sleep before on him. You scare everybody off, before you scare everyone off, just mention that he's not a, he's not going to provide much insight. He's going to be asking the questions. He'll be recapping his week Sinead as well. and Ali will do the... They're the stars here. He can read the questions and then fade into the background and then read the next question. Now he's got That's some his job on the show. Looking forward to hearing that. It's going to be starting next week, we're thinking. So um, that's going to be the week after Ali does World Cross. So she'll be recapping that in the first episode. Um, and then, yeah, nine weeks before the race, one week after. Hear how three of the best prepare for the London Marathon in 2023. Massive thanks to our Patreon supporters for making series like that possible. Um, because without them, we can't possibly do them. Anything else? And thanks, there, to Zaka, thanks to Zaka for the awesome promo. Oh, yeah. That's le- legit. Still doing some good promo there. Good at computers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah good at computers, that bloke. Um, keep an eye on the social media if that hasn't gone out yet. Now with two distance options, half marathon and 10K, Hoka, runaway Sydney half marathon, will return to the streets of Sydney on Sunday, the 21st of May. The Sydney Morning Herald half marathon has been part of Australia's running calendar since 1992 with the latest evolution seeing it become Hoka Runaway Sydney Half Marathon. Runaway Sydney will now join three incredible destination running events across Australia and New Zealand as part of the Runaway Marathon series. Don't just run one, run them all. Enter now at runawaysydneyhalf.com.au and save with early entry fees. Let's uh, quickly whip through some running news, boys. Let's start with the Adelaide Invitational this was Saturday night. We'll start with the 800. Ali Sanford, good run from her, 201.1. She uh, got the win over George Griffith, 201.7. Keely Small, 204.3 in the 800. This is what I turned on to see. Uh, Lachlan Raper got the win in 147.7. Riley McGowan was second in 147.8. Jared McCliff was third in 148.0. Big kick down, wasn't it? You kind of throw a blanket over the majority of the field in the last 50 metres there. Um, and then, yeah, Lachlan come out with the win. The big story here, though, was Matthew Central, which was there, Centro. Um, he's travelling Australia at the moment for a couple of track meets, and he was off the back after 100 metres and finished in last position, running 156. Mm. Wasn't sure what I was watching, the 2016 Olympic champion, getting towed up by... Um, I guess, our, our better domestic runners. What do you think, boys, when the 800s were happening? <laughs> I uh, When I saw him roll out, I'm like, oh, yeah, Centro um, likes tactical races yeah. and likes sit, sitting at the back and storming home. And, you know, I, you know, I was happy to just let it go for the first 100, and then it was like 150. I'm like, he's not moving up. And it certainly um, showed the difference between people that are running 147 and mid-150s. It's a, it's a massive difference in inability um but yeah I, I thought it was embarrassing and uh i did i did message you boy saying you guys give me shit about not not racing well you know centro needs to take a take a leaf out of my book and then 
not race unless you're in some sort of shape because yeah that that was embarrassing uh, for a guy of his of his level he would have been he's he was much closer to the women's winner than he was the men's so yeah. the women's women's women was five seconds away from him and he was uh nine like nine seconds away from the men's winner so i wonder does he get paid for that yeah, is there something in the contract to bring him out that he has to be at certain performance levels? Or is it just like, come out, here's your X amount of dollars, and these are the yeah. events you have to do? I don't know, but I also saw a post, and, and you guys probably saw... He did one say of he was probably... embarrassed as well. Like, he wasn't, yeah, happy with it, obviously. But I saw a post saying that he's been back running for five months. Like, yeah, he had nine months out, but, like, I know that if, if, I, if I string together five months of training... I'm actually going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can nail something. You can nail a lot better than that. I You'd mean, run a one fifty six next week, and if you had to do crux, I reckon. No, but the point point is, like, well, look, last year January, I was like coming off COVID busted. Five months after that, I'm running pretty well. Mm. So you know, maybe he's re- maybe the first two months of it was basically like run walk, not not proper training. I don't know. But uh, I can't see him, I don't know. He's running the mile, isn't he, down in Melbourne next? Yeah, against Stewie and Ollie. What are they going to do to him if these boys did that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Hopefully the, he gets fit quick. Steeper was there. Brielle Urbacher, she got the win in 9.47. George Winkup second in 9.52. Men's Ben Buckingham, I'm going to call this the run of the night, 8.25.8. His PB is 8.19. Um, kicked down the last K, I think, in 2.41, 2.42, kind of sat in, and then made the boys hurt in the last couple of laps. Matty Clark did a good job to hang on, 8.29, and then John Gay, he's going to run um, the World Cross Country Champs for Canada. He was third in 8.39. 5K was an odd odd race, Queensland clean sweep, though. Jude Thomas got the win in 13.48.3. Callum Davies, second. 1348.6, Jack Bruce, 1350.51. Boys kind of let Seth do all the work and then came home super quick. Like it slowed a lot during the middle there. A couple of like 68, 69. So they were kind of running 14, 10, 14, 20 pace. And then um, I guess the guys who, who backed their kicks wanted to just get the win and kick home. So, which I think is fair enough for the kids. Maybe I'm thinking a guy like Jack Bruce probably should have helped on, oh, not Andre. Um, helped Seth out a bit and kind of done some work at the front to get things going but everyone thinks they can outkick everyone don't they boys you'd be thinking the same thing watching that race uh, uh, I wouldn't have thought Jack Bruce would be confident of outkicking Callum um, and Jude given that those guys ran like mid 350s for the mile yes yeah, so over why, in New Zealand why the sit the week? and like yeah I don't know I just thought like they, they just left Seth hanging like everyone's sitting on him for so long I felt for him a bit. It's interesting that three it. Queenslanders were the ones battling it out at a race in South Australia too. Considering South Australia's been uh, growing as a distance running um, state, like with we, we talk about them a lot, having a, a really deep, um, like a, like especially the men's field. Same with the women's, like with Jess, Caitlin. Yeah. Isaac wasn't far. Isaac was fourth. Isaac Hayne. Yeah. And um, I think Adrian Potter, Potter was too, maybe yeah. in like fifth or sixth. And then you got Matt Clark, but they're not they're not in the top three, are they, when they easily could have been? And Matt Clark was in the steeple. Oh, sorry. Matt Clark, yeah, yeah. Um, Jacob Cox was in there too, I think, wasn't he, Crooks? Another South Australian? Yeah, I think he's a bit injured, though. I think he's got some broken ribs or something. Okay. 
they pulled out. Yeah, all right. Um, then the fifteen hundred, Lachlan Cornelius got the win there in three forty nine point zero. Stefan Music was second in three fifty point one. Jonathan Harris was third in three fifty point two. Slow times for fifteen hundred at an invitational. I guess my summary of the event was it felt like more of a state style event, not like a national tour event invitation that kind of travels around to different capital cities and i get why because the new south wales 1500 oh, 5k champs are on the same night world crosses next weekend um box hill burn was last week like there's a lot of events happening at the moment i'm like grateful the bucks rocked up and kind of put a good time on the board because everything else was probably a bit slower than expected for a um a meet of this quality caliber thoughts boys am i being too hard on it felt like more of a kind of club meet I don't think you're being too hard on it. I was I was watching and thinking the, the same thing. Like the 5K, there were some good guys in the 5K, just didn't probably execute like you wanted it to to be fast. 15, disappointing. I thought very good from um, Ben Buckingham. I thought that was a great run. And Jess, give him no love on the commentary. Yeah, they like, didn't, yeah and is, Dave Colbert, they didn't give him much when he was running. No, he was smacking it up. He was running, what was he... Um, uh, six seconds off his PB. It was a meat record. Season and, opener. Yeah, I thought, oh, this guy is absolutely flogging it and we're barely talking about him. But um, So pretty stiff there. And the outdated croaks before we move uh, on? I stopped, I stopped watching it, to be honest. I, I wasn't getting too inspired by many of the performances, so I went and watched uh, Yellowstone on stand with Viv. Um, but, yeah, I think as well... There's just there were too many distance events. Given as you said, Brady, like New South Wales 5K was on. A lot of our, I guess, big names are you know running well cross next week, and you've still got like a men's eight, a men's fifteen, a men's steeple, and a men's 5K. So that's going to dilute the field. Where if you say didn't have a steeple, you've got Bucks and you've got Matt Clark in the 5K as well. Um, there's just yeah, there's just too many events. I thought. I've said a million times, but can whoever, if anyone's got any pull when they do the scheduling, just put all the distant events back to back to back. I want to turn on my stream at 7, see five distance events, and then it's turned off at 7.30. Like, wouldn't that be good? Like you, how annoying yeah. is it when you go, oh, what time's that race? Okay, 7.15. Okay, the next one's at 7.38, so I turn it off for 10 minutes, then I get the stream back up. And we're living in a day and age now where attention spans are small. Give it to us on a platter so we can consume it, and then we can go and watch Yellowstone on Netflix like Croaks does. Well, that's it, Brady. If they had done that, where yeah. it was everything in a 20-minute or 20, 30-minute block, I would have said, hey, Viv, let me just watch 30 minutes of athletics and then let's go and watch Yellowstone. Whereas yeah. it was like, yeah, as you said, 10 minutes, not, you can't watch a TV show in the 10-minute break. hours for mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes of content. And, and you see the people getting annoyed that they don't show the field events and stuff in the comments. Like, well, then give them half an hour of, like, their events. Anyway. I think that's a basic one. South Australian 3K champs also happened last week. We missed it. Adrian Potter got the win there, 8.12. Max Stevens second, 8.16. Daniel Canala, 8.22. Tara Palm in the women's, 9.30. Brooke Hines, 9.40 for second. And Sophie Hilpala. I think I've got it right this time. I've got that name wrong a few times. I reckon that's my best attempt at it. Thank you, Sophie. Well, hopefully, Sophie. That is correct. 9.41. Moose, Vic Miles Club. Vic Mile Championships. Mm, I missed this one. So... Mike Hunt, well, Matt Hussey. This another race that was on so close to it, and these are quality times. Like, these guys would have been winning. This is very good the times, aren't they? The 15 at Adelaide Invitation. This is a better very quality good. event. In the men's, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, not so much the ladies. Yeah. But Matt, 
Matt Hussey won the um, race in 401. I reckon he's won that before, maybe a couple of times. Um, Archie Noakes has run 401.63, so just off the back. And Luke Shaw, this is a blanket, not a blanket finish, but it was a very tight finish. Three guys running 401 at the, uh, the is this the state mile champs? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, in the ladies, Piper Gay won in um, 448. So that's 72s. Um, I think she's quite young. She beat Lucinda Rourke, who ran 4.52, and Tully Rowe ran 4.53 for third. Yeah. Uh, they had an 800 as well. Piper was so, born in 2008 by a profile. What's that? It's like 14 or something. 15, 14, 15 this year. That's young. That, that's real young. That was, um, that was the third year in a row that Matt Hussey had won it too. First time yeah, in history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Considering you don't see his name around that much. He pops up for that one every year. He loves that race. It's his specialist. He's a specialist, big miler. Uh, in the 800, Mitchell Langbourne won in 151, and Rochelle Kennedy won the ladies in 206. Uh, WA also had their 5K champs. So Luke Graves, 1418. Um, Kenji Nana, 1424. Brendan Dimmer, 1426. And in the ladies... Um, Again, probably not as deep in the ladies here. Charlie Rose Carolon, Carleon, sorry, ran 17.29. Cian Monks ran 17.36. Third place, Josie Wilson, 17.43. Croaks, New South Wales 5K champs. Yeah, so Holly Campbell, um, yeah, had a commanding win. She uh, won in 16 flat, similar to your race, Brady. I think it was still like high 20s when, when this was on. Taking that um, off then, Ollie. Yeah. She's coming up for the interview this week too, Croaks. Yep. So she beat Ella Logan, um, who ran 16.53, and Helena Easton was uh, third in 17.01. In the men's, uh, it was a battle in the last lap between Tommy DeCano and Connor Whiteley. Uh, but the youngster got the uh, got the best of Tommy. Um, Connor won in 14.16. Tommy second in 14.17. And Harrison McGill was third in 14.21. So um, that wraps up the domestic news. Uh, overseas, there was the Milrose Games, which contained the Wanamaker Mile, which um, Ollie Hall won last year. So he was trying to go back-to-back. Back. Uh, it wasn't to be. Yared Nagus. He won in 347.38, which was a U.S. record, and 0.37 off Kajelch's world record. Neil Gawley from the U.K., he was second in 349.46, and Ollie Hall was third in 350.83, which is the exact same time to the hundredth of a second that he ran last year. So it's an equal national record. Um, another standout run from the meet was uh, Alicia Monson. Um, she won the 3K in an American record of 8.25. Some good running. Ollie's going to mm. be happy with that, doesn't he? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, he's, well, I guess he got beaten by, beaten by his training partner. But at the same you know, time, yeah, yeah, puts a good time on the board. Mm. Yeah, that's, this Nagusi's going all right, isn't he? Yeah, what well, sub, so we broke the, what, US? 3k record a couple of weeks ago and then this one so he's yep. one to watch this season yeah one to watch for brady in. yeah <laughs> might pick him at the end of the year could have a good year um, tell you what um dane verway's mate on twitter called him out for a bit of bit of suspect behavior 
I wow. saw that after you sent the link through. He um, yeah, went to town, didn't he? It was kind of like... He's a moron, that bloke. Yeah, do you want to give it airtime or not? Uh, no, we probably don't want to give it airtime. Let's yeah. move on. Uh, listen to question, Croaks. Let's rip uh, through the end of this show, eh? Because we've got to yeah, make this one a bit shorter. Yeah, all right. So this uh, question comes in from Frankie. Hey, chaps, started listening to your podcast about three months ago. Love the content and the banter. I'm just a recreational runner, but going to Chicago just after some advice. How many days before an overseas marathon would you arrive? I know everyone is different, but keen to benefit from your knowledge and experience. Hope I'm not out of line asking this. Thanks in advance. Looking forward to the showdown in Bathurst. Frankie. Good, good question. We haven't had, I don't think we've spoken about this too much. Um, personally, I think it depends how many time zones you're changing. So, you know, for us to go to Japan, the time, you know, there's not a big difference in the in the time zone. So, you know, you can go in there a couple of days before the race and be fine. Whereas if we're traveling to Europe or the US, you probably want it to be more like, you know, five days, um, you know, if, if, you, if you can afford it and you've got the time, you know, five to seven days before, um, yeah. Yeah, I've always, whenever I've gone to Berlin, I've tried to leave on the, um, the weekend before the race. And because the time difference when you get there, you kind of lose that 24 hours. So you might say you fly out on the um, Saturday afternoon, you kind of arrive Sunday afternoon their time. And then I feel like maybe on the Tuesday, Wednesday night, if you're kind of in a pattern of sleeping well, but everyone's going to be different with that. But then you've got at least two or three days to kind of get where you're feeling good before the race. Um, and that was always easy because you could take that one full week off work because you're not going to be there at all. Yeah, and then just yeah. coming home takes a long time when they add that time difference back on. You got to give yourself a day of potential cancel, flight cancel, mm. or mistransfers as well. That that's something that happens more often than not these days, especially in Australia. These fucking Qantas and that cancelling flights or postponing them or whatever, and then missing connectors. So if you're booking a flight. Because it's something like I'm going, I'm racing on the Sunday in Japan. I'm flying out Friday morning, fly to Cairns, then to Osaka. I'm every chance that Jetstar will fuck that up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're there like late Saturday at Arvo and you're racing Sunday morning and and your, your sleep's wrong. You've been eating poor food for the last couple of days. So you need to be able to be comfortable, I think, at least 48 hours before the race. Just to even just for the food factor to get your eating right. When, what do we do for Biwa Moose? Oh, oh I was already in, over there. I was in Japan yeah. already. Yeah, I think I maybe did the Thursday or the Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I went over on the. I flew Thursday morning, um, and then I stayed in Osaka as soon as we arrived Thursday night, and then mm -hmm. caught the train up on the Friday. Yep. I reckon I did the same because so, I followed what you did the year before. You sent me all the, your accommodation stuff. The one thing I hate about, you know, if we go overseas for a marathon, often you want to, you know, tack a, you know, make it as part of a holiday as well. But the problem is, you know, you, you go over a week before the race and that whole week you don't do anything fun because you're saving yourself for the race and it almost just cuts into your, your holiday period a little bit. Yeah. Right, yeah. I sat in my Airbnb for like six days solo. Yeah. It ain't a holiday, is it? It's not a holiday. No. Nah. Does your head in too, because all you're thinking about is the race and you don't want to be on your feet. Like, yeah, lucky Christian. And Toby had COVID, so I couldn't even go catch up with him. Can't have beers. Can't have beer. Yeah. You just, and you just want to drink all the different beers and stuff too, don't you? You see at the supermarkets over there for like a dollar. 
go hanging out at the bars and stuff yeah, like that. Getting a bit of culture about you. Yeah, just Arvo, just an Arvo out in the sun. Yeah, beer gardens and everything looks good, doesn't it? Like stuff that you wouldn't even think about doing. Like you know, you just walk past cafes and you're like, I wish I could go in there and just eat that random food that you never yeah. do anyway because you can't do it. You want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, having a holiday after is the go, but That's you're always there. pretty. Yes, I like running on my holiday too. I think it's a good way to explore the city. And if you if you going on a holiday after it, you don't you really might not be able to run that much. Um, so that's the other thing. That's the flip side to it. You might not be able to get out and enjoy the cities that you're in with a jog. Mm. And then your mental health isn't great because you're so used to running first thing in the morning and feel different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's an interesting one. It's so far Gee, to go. It's a hard life being on holiday, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. All the things you can't do. Anyway, good question though, Frankie. Thanks for listening to the show. You've only been listening for three months. Go back and listen to the other ones if you want to. A few big interviews back in the day, early days. Uh, I, used to, I used to race back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Go back to episode 150 and Croaks might be racing. Anyway, Moose on the Loose, Purchase of the Week, Rules of Strava, Moose is Confused. What else has this segment had as its name? Moose is Confused um, only lasts about two weeks. Moose, moose changes backlash. his mind. Remember that? Yeah. Moose, moose is changing training is I, policy. Moose is Confused is when I, I use when I... I'm, I'm not allowed to go that hard on something. You want to call something out and you're just like, hey, I don't know how this happened. Uh, oh, boy. What have we talked about in our message group? We should bring that up. What's something we haven't been happy with? What's something that we've, um, we're up, we're up in, in arms about? Mm, nothing's been getting us angry, has it? Oh, I heard one today. I was listening to, um, I heard it in two podcasts today. We can cut this out if it's not appropriate. But um, people that refer to their running as professional or careers when they're not, like, paid to run. No, I like this. It grinds my absolute gears because I think it's misleading to the audience. It comes from a triathlon thing, I think. Oh, does it? Yeah, okay. Because pro triathletes, like, they're professional triathletes because they – pay a fee to like Ironman or whatever it is and then they are allowed to get a license to enter. They? yeah yes then they've got the license and then they can enter the race in the professional division and so they'll tell everyone I'm a professional triathlete when no you probably get beat by a lot of people in the age group section you just have paid that fee to get the spot um, and you make zero money off this maybe you get some fucking protein sponsor that's all maybe someone looks after you with a discount off something and that's like you know it's all about telling people you're professional you don't see it that much in running no it's just creeping in though maybe that's where it's coming from where have you seen it especially no i'm not going to say names and stuff i just heard in a couple of different conversations in the running media people are referring to themselves as professional athletes or when i was had my running career or whatever and i'm like hang on I was beating you, and you're like not that good. <laughs> Stuff like that. You don't, you ever call yourself a professional? No, never. I'm a professional school teacher. Nah, uh, yeah. No, we hear it. I hear it in the store a fair bit. What They'll people like, come as runners? Come no, no, not as runners. I'll say, oh, so um, is that what all the professionals use? Oh, yeah. And they're kind of referring to people that like might go to the Com Games or something. I'm like, well. <laughs> There's about two professionals in that team. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's where it gets interesting because some people, some of those people deserve to be professionals, but there's just no money in the sport. I'm, I was more frustrated because it, these people, I think, were using it to mislead their well, audience. Who are we talking about? You got to no, no, no. This... I'm not going to tell you who I'm talking about. No, no. Well, how are we going to know? No, it's just, just in general. That's what I'm talking about. Let's move on. Oh. What's coming up, fellas? Poor yep. from you. Hey, what's well, not even my segment? What are you talking about? You were trying to get us to throw people under the bus by what, saying what, what's been happening in the message. What distances do they run, Brady? One's retired. Doesn't retired matter. That's, a, that's, a, well, that's almost another topic. <laughs> in can, you retire, can you retire if you haven't been like a professional? Can you put out a retirement post? That's right. If you're just a hobby jogger. Wouldn't or you have, maybe wouldn't have broken like, 30 minutes for 10K. Anyway, no, what's coming up? We're going, to, we're going to Bathurst this weekend. We're going to seek a second show coming out. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the World Cross Country Champs and preview that. Um, Holly Campbell interview is coming up, Croaks. Give us a bit of an intro to this. Yeah, so Holly finished fifth at the Cross Country Trials and, um, yeah, made the team. And, yeah, it's quite interesting because we've obviously spoken a bit about a sister on the podcast page who's represented Australia at uh, the World Champs and, and the last World Cross and um, yeah, it's a remarkable story because Holly was, you know, a pretty good junior and then battled years of injuries. And, and even now, like, she's running about 100 kilometres a week, which is not a lot compared to maybe some of the other girls that she's racing against. So, um, yeah, it was cool just to hear her story and goals for the future. And if she can stay in one piece for the next couple of years, she's definitely one to watch. Yeah, surprise packet at those trials. That's mm-hmm. for sure. All right, boys, uh, anything coming up between now and the weekend when I see you boys? No, we've just, just got to tee up a few runs up there, work out what we're going to do on the weekend running-wise. I'd double today to try and get some Ks out of the way for the weekend. We're not going on a training camp, Croaks, two days. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to run every day. Oh, yeah, I'm running. I'm going to smack you in that session, Croaks. Come, come well, on. You're going to come and do some six-minute rest with me, Moose, before we go I and watch will. Brady run. I think we yeah, will. nice. I found a dirt trail about 5K from where we're staying. I cannot not get, get over that. I'm the most unfittest out of the three of us, and I'm the only one towing the line. You're you're fitter than me. Mate, I ran 15.10 on the weekend. This is ridiculous. Anyway, enjoy this episode, interview, whatever it's called, with Holly Campbell. Talk to you guys later in the week. See ya. See ya. When I was just a child, yeah, your skin can bring you so much pain. Now I hear you say, you got the best of both ways. Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes and tell me if you take my place? This week's guest is the current New South Wales 3000 metre champion and last year's Australian bronze medalist in the same event. She recently booked her ticket to the World Cross Country Champs in Bathurst with a fifth place finish at the World Cross Trials. Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast, Holly Campbell. Thanks so much for having me. No worries. Firstly, um, thanks for giving up some of your Saturday afternoon. The boys and I really appreciate it and uh, congratulations on your selection. You must be stoked. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, it's been a goal of mine for quite a while now to make it onto this team. So um, it's great to finally achieve that and be able to have a crack at the World Cross in a few weeks. Yeah, and look, don't take this next question the wrong way, but the women's mm-hmm. field was stacked at the trial. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of people wouldn't have picked you to finish in the top six. Um, how confident were you of making the team and, and what was your strategy going in? Yeah, um, look, I was feeling pretty confident because I had a pretty uh, flawless preparation. Um, we've been focusing on that trial for quite a long time um, and I knew I was in really good shape. 
Uh, I definitely saw the start list and sort of had a bit of a freak out and was like, oh, this is, this is a very hot field. Um, but I knew I was fit and I was really excited to just go out there and see how I stacked up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was confident, but also the caliber of the women that I was racing against. I feel like, you know, you, you needed to have a good day to make it onto that team. Yeah. And was there a particular session or a race that you did in the lead up that sort of indicated that you were um, capable of making the team? Um, I think in in preparation for the trial, uh, we started to do like a lot of longer sessions, longer fartleks and that kind of thing. Um, and I was handling them really well. And I seemed to be responding to that kind of, you know, longer, more strength based training really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, my sessions probably indicated that I was, you know, right there in contention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and were you surprised with how strong you were over 10k cross, like, especially given, um, like I see you well, predominantly in the past, you've been known as a sort of a middle distance track runner. Um, yeah. and, and so for, for some context here, you ran 33.49 at Stromlo, which is like an undulating grass track in warm weather. Yet your 10k PB, according to World Athletics, is 35.21 at the Sydney 10 in 2018. So, was it a surprise to, I guess, be running so well over the longer distances? Yeah, I mean that definitely was a bit of a surprise. I I remember before the race, like uh, this is like literally five minutes before we went to the start line. Uh, my coach Jeremy Roth, he said to me, you know, like you don't have a lot of experience over the distance, so you know this is what we're going to do. And I feel like it was only that moment where I was like, yeah, I actually, I actually don't. I sort of had a mini freak out. Um, but I don't know. I was just like so focused and, and confident um, that I would run well, that, that I, I'm actually not that surprised by the result. And I think probably my 10 K PB didn't really, doesn't really reflect, mm. you know, the last couple of years, just because I haven't actually done one or focused on that. So um, a bit of a surprise, but, um, you know, uh, I was pretty confident. And do you want to talk us then through the actual race from your perspective, like what yeah. your pl- what your plan was and, and how it played out for you and how you felt um, throughout the race? Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically we kind of discussed, um, you know, Leanne was sort of the form athlete and we know that she trained a lot on Stromlo. Um, so the sort of plan was just to kind of go in and, and tail her a bit, um, see what she did. I kind of remember pretty slow at the beginning. Everyone was sort of together um, through the first lap. And then we sort of got to, um, you know, the uphill and S-bends at the end of the second two-and-a-half-K loop. And Rose started to kind of push it along a bit. Um, I was feeling pretty good and <laughs> pretty naive at the 10K, as we discussed before. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with her. I'm the kind of person who quite likes to be like near the front of races. I feel pretty confident. I I don't like to sit back that much. Um, So I kind of went with her um, at that point. And I think maybe me and Leanne and Rose broke away a bit. Um, But then I probably started to really battle around 7K. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble here. Like I'm, I'm sort of going backwards a little bit. The main thing that I wanted to not do the whole race was look behind me. So (laughs) I didn't look behind and I was like, you know, just keep running hard from what I'd been told by, um, you know, my sister and my partner who both sort of are good 10 kilometre runners. They were like, everyone starts to hurt in that last few K. So, you know, you just got to keep working. Um, 
at the end or towards the end of the last lap, I could hear footsteps behind me. I think I was in fifth at that point. Um, and I think it was Amelia Mazadowney actually caught up to me and went around me. Um, and then I was in sixth. And that was like enough of a kick for me to be like, oh, my God, you're just about to lose all this hard work. So um, then I just remember I was just like, I'm going to work really hard up this final hill. Everyone's hurting. It's going to be a really tough K, but, you know, you've done so well to this point. So let's just give it a crack. And I ended up closing really well and, um, yeah, got a great result. Yeah. And did you find the heat in the second half started to take a toll? Um, I wasn't too bothered by it. I was actually struggling a bit with, with running downhill. I'm not so good at that. Um, so my legs were definitely taxed, but I had practice running in the hot weather and I'm pretty good in the heat. So, um, it didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Like I said, so the show after world cross trials, I said that I was more fascinated by, cause for the trials, I was like first three, you know, automatic, but it's more about the battle for fourth, fifth and sixth, because generally they send, you know, often the top six. Mm. And for you, it was like, yeah, there was yourself, um, there was Amelia and then there was Ellie and it was like, well, you know, one of those, one of you three wasn't going to fit in the top six. And um, yeah, you obviously held it together really well. Uh, so before we talk about sort of world cross um, and the goals there, I yeah. think it's important that we, um, we talk about your running journey uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of people would be aware of your twin sister Paige um, as yeah. she represented Australia at yeah, world cross in 2019, where she finished 29th and, the world champs that same year in the steeple. Um, But people aren't probably as aware of yourself largely because you've been on the sideline with injury. Um, So how did you get into the sport? And can you tell us about the injuries that you've had and and the setbacks? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, me and my twin sister Paige, um, we grew up on a big farm uh, west of Warren. So it's about eight hours drive west of Sydney. Um, I guess we just grew up there just being really physically active. Paige and I just used to run around everywhere. Um, I was lucky enough to come to school in Sydney when I was in year six to boarding school um, with Paige as well. Um, So I guess we kind of got more into our running um, once we got there, although, um, you know, we weren't really world beaters, but we really enjoyed it, um, playing a lot of different sports at that stage. Um, but, you know, did quite well. Um, I think I made like a the New South Wales team for the National All Schools when I was in about year nine. Um, so I probably started to be running quite well by that age. Um, although never managed to make it to a, a national cross until I was in year 12. Um, so not so good at the cross, but probably just not fit enough. <laughs> um, yeah. And then after high school, sort of probably was a little bit unsure of like whether we we're going to keep running or doing sports um we actually ended up going to Dubbo and having a gap year um, me and Paige were just living together there um and we just had a lot of time so I guess we started to focus on our running a bit more just because we were really enjoying it um so we started to do some more consistent training and definitely got some some good results I think you know I came second in the um Zadapec under 23k uh, in my last year as a junior which was a bit of a surprise at the time Um, and that definitely spurred me on to think you know maybe I'm pretty good at this Um, and yeah so we we um, went from there and we've ended up in different cities but now um, I'm in Sydney 
Um, I kind of thought I would just keep progressing, you know, after that point. Um, I think the following January, I ran 4.15 for 1,500. So, um, you know, that wasn't bad at the time. And I made the national final. And I kind of just expected that if I kept training and working hard, that, you know, naturally I'd progress and just start doing, you know, all these amazing things that you see, um, you know, people doing in the running world. Um, but then I probably really hit a roadblock around 20, the end of 2016, 2017. Um, I just started to really struggle with uh, lower limb issues. So I had about three tibial stress fractures between 2017 and 2020. Um, and they just really, I guess, stop your momentum because you're out of running for, for quite a long time every time that you get a bone stress injury and then you've got to come back and then something else would always prop up. So there was sort of a three-year period there where I wasn't able to train consistently. I probably didn't train any more than like eight weeks in a row before something else would happen. Um, and so I think I only raced once or twice in that period as well. So um, didn't do much racing um, and was at a pretty low point um, by the end of 2019. I was sort of considering whether I um, – you know wanted to keep going just because I think you're at an age there where you're at uni and everyone's doing you know different things in life and when you're not really progressing in your sport you're sort of like what's the point in this I'm not making any money out of it <laughs> it's purely an enjoyment thing and I'm really not enjoying it um but you know I guess I was inspired by all of the good things that Paige was doing she sort of showed me that it was possible you know to achieve really good things so she really inspired me during that period and then um in 2019 um Rafi started coaching me um and I think that was probably you know one of the best things that's happened in my career um I was you know unsure whether I wanted to continue and he just showed so much belief in me straight away he he's a real planner he just like started making plans and mm. you know he got me going and initially you know I was <laughs> unhappy because he had me on such a low volume and such a low level of training I didn't really think that you know it was enough for me because I probably thought I was a bit better than where I was at at the time but you know it's ended up being that he has just you know progressed me along really slowly over the last kind of three years um and you know now we are where we are now. Mm. And if, but even since Rafi started coaching you, like you still had a few ups and downs in that period. And, and were they still yeah. like low, lower limb injuries as yeah, well? Yeah, so they were all lower limb injuries. Um, so I've had a couple of calf tears in that time as well. Um, they're pretty much, and, and one metatarsal um, stress fracture in my yeah. foot. So um, yeah, pretty much anything below the knee for me is a bit dysfunctional, but um, I seem to be going okay at the moment. So yeah. And, and did all these um, running injuries and like, you know, the time where you thought about quitting, has it changed your perspective on running and competing? Um, I think so. I think it sort of taught me um, not to take anything for granted because I think, you know, uh, when I initially kind of started to go really well as kind of a late teenager in my early 20s, everything wasn't handed to me on a silver platter but I just made so much progress so quickly and I just kind of thought that, you know, naturally you progress but um definitely it, it puts some some perspective um to my running you know I'm just happy to be running well and and enjoying my running at the moment and 
I'm aware that it's like pretty fickle, you know, you can get injured at any time. And um, it's also taught me to manage with my injuries really well. So that's probably yeah. a good thing. And uh, talk me through this gap year. It sounds interesting. What were you, uh, <laughs> what were you doing during that year and, and who was coaching you during this period? Yeah. So um, honestly, <laughs> I think we both just like wanted to, to have a year out and make a bit of money. Um, so we just lived there and um, we kind of worked half the day together in the local fruit and vegetable shop there. Um, so just awesome. like <laughs> bagging fruits and veggies. And then um, our high school coach was still coaching us at the time. So her name was um, Megan Mannix and she was also a great influence on my career. Um, yeah. And, and she was coaching us at the time and we probably weren't doing like, you know, high mileage. The long run was like six or seven Ks, but um, I think just consistent running really you know, helped us mm. along. I had a question here, which you pretty much answered. Um, it was in regards to like seeing Paige make Aussie teams, like was it hard yeah. for you or motivating knowing, you know, you've got the same genes and you should be able to do it as well. So you've already answered that one. But when it comes to you and Paige, like, is there a strong rivalry? Like if you're racing, like it sounds like you're really good friends. Um, mm. But I know if I was racing my brother, I'd be like, you know, I want to do everything in my powers to beat him. I'd probably be a little bit pissed off if you beat me. Like what's what's the dynamic like between you and Paige there? Yeah, I mean, we we get along really well. We're very close. I um I think that we have a lot of respect for each other because, you know, we're both pretty hard workers. That's just our nature. Um, but definitely when we're out there on the track, I think it's, you know, every man for himself. We want to <laughs> yeah. beat each other. But um there's definitely no intense rivalry. You know, we don't go home and and jib at each other about it <laughs> yeah yeah uh you already mentioned that you, you're coached by jeremy roff who um yeah i used to train with roffy and he was a past guest on the show back in uh back on episode 39 so for those that don't know um roffy's an aussie rep 334 1500 meter runner um do you want to talk us through a standard training week monday to sunday yeah absolutely um so pretty um I'd say I'm probably on the lower mileage kind of end um you know for someone that's running the 10k um Monday morning normally I just do an easy 45 minutes um and then in the afternoon uh we kind of do like a speed session so I'll just do a 15 minute jog um before that in the afternoon and then we do a bunch of like hurdle drills and hip mobility glute activations and then we'll do just like some acceleration so we'll get the spikes on and maybe do like you know four by 60 meters or maybe some 120 something like that um so a bit more needle distance oriented um tuesday i normally do a 35 40 minute swim in the morning um and then in the afternoon we do track so um that would be you know any kind of track session um i've been doing quite big volume ones recently so this Tuesday just been for example I did uh 2k uh mile 1200 mile 2k with a lap jog in two minutes between mm -hmm. each one um Wednesday I normally just do an easy 70 minutes uh Thursdays I've been doing 70 minutes but with like a 20-25 minute pickup in the middle um so not not too hard nothing intense but um you know just a little bit of stimulus there um oh i do a swim on thursday morning as well as my double um fridays i have a rest day uh saturdays i do my second bigger session for the week um so today we actually went to narrabeen and did like a kind of michigan style session with some track and some road reps um but we often go to centennial park and we do like a fartlek or a threshold 
Um, and then I do a swim uh, in the afternoon as my double. And then on a Sunday, I do long run. So at the moment, I'm doing um, an hour 45. And generally, I do that at Centennial Park as well. Yeah. So weekly mileage would be, what, 100, 110? Yeah. So I think I think the max I've done um, in the last sort of couple of months would be 108-ish, but generally somewhere around 100 or a little bit under. Yeah, which is like, yeah, as you said, like it's pretty impressive, like to be matching it with these, um, you know, the girls that are probably running 150, 160k, like you're, you're there doing, you know, 100, 100k a week, so it's it's impressive. Um, do you have a favourite and a least favourite workout that Rafi gives you? Um, my favourite ones are like anything that's like longer with like the thresholds or, um, you know, the long fartleks. I'm just really good at that stuff. Um, I really like, you know, we do, we've been doing this far, like four by six minutes with one minute float and then four by one minutes at the end. So it's like 36 minutes altogether. Um, that's really good. I feel like you get a lot out of that. Um, least favorite would be anything like really speed based. So I hate doing like really fast 300s or <laughs> 400s. I really struggle, um, with that kind of more anaerobic type running. So yeah, that, that would be my least favorite. <laughs> It's uh, it's funny you say that because here I was like I look at your world athletics profile and it's like you know there's a fair few 800s in there 1500s in there and like you know most 815 runners generally like that sort of quicker stuff but so I, I sense that you're going to be be moving up in distance in the near future. Yeah, so I guess you know I've always been kind of more strength based, but you know I guess it's hard to run like five k's and ten k's if you're not doing any consistent training and you're not fit enough, which is probably why I've always tended towards the the shorter events. Um, and I definitely did plan to move up this year. Yeah, and um, do you do any like gym work, like lifting and stuff like that? Um, not doing any lifting at the moment. Finding that a bit too hard to fit in with work um but just you know some strength and rehab exercises um yeah and that's it yeah all right let's move on to world cross uh do you have do you have some goals uh look this might sound a bit cliche my main goal is just to try and go out there and run the best i can and enjoy it um i think you know page set the bar pretty high coming 2019 2019 um so i think maybe like a top top 40 would be a really good result Oh, I reckon you. I reckon you want twenty eight. Twenty eight I mean, should be the goal. I, I really <laughs> think us Australians do have an advantage um, here, just because we've been training in in the climate. Um, but I did run the test event at Bathurst back in September, and I mean it wasn't the whole loop, but it was pretty tough. Yeah, and so because you've run part of the course, is there anything yeah. that you and Rafi have been doing? over the like since the trials to prepare specifically for that course um nothing awfully specific i really think it's not like a quick course no one's going to run super fast on it just because of how difficult and undulating it is um i've just been trying to run hills i try and run some hills in every single run that i do um, and in every workout we've been including hills as well, um, except if, if it's a straight track session. But, yeah, um, all the fart legs and that kind of thing, just trying to get some hills in to, to get that stimulus. But um, otherwise, yeah, just focusing on I think it's just you need to be really fit. Yeah, yeah. And when does the Aussie team meet? Like does everybody fly into Sydney and everyone gets bussed out to Bathurst or how does how does that work? 
Yeah, so I believe everyone's flying into Sydney um, and then World Athletics is running buses out to Bathurst. Um, but we've also got the option to drive up if we want to. Um, so me and there's another uh, junior boy in my squad, uh, Bailey Habler, who's going as well. So um, we might drive up together on the Thursday before the race. Okay, yeah. And have you had much to do with the other girls on the team? Um, I have met most of them, but I wouldn't say I know everyone uh, super well. Um, you know, I kind of look up to a lot of them Um you know, for the last few years. So it'll be really good to get to know some of them, I think, um, when we're there. Yeah, yeah. And goals for the rest of 20, uh, 2023. So yeah. has it has it been hard preparing for a tough cross-country course while still having one eye on the track season? And, and how have you been balancing that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, sort of the, the back half of last year and even up till now, the focus has really been on the cross-country. Um, I'm trying not to, you know, have too many things going on at once I think that makes it really difficult um, if you're preparing for something as big as like the world cross Um, so uh, goals for the rest of the year is definitely to try and get out there and um, run a few good 5ks um, because I think I have a lot of potential over that distance and I haven't run many so um, it'll be good to do those Um, I would like to go overseas um, this year um, to America or Europe or potentially even both Mm-hmm. Um, just to try and do some racing and, you know, expose myself to some really good competition um, and just, just practice and, and see how well I can do. Yeah. So I might actually just run through – it must be a really exciting year for you because yeah. if we go through your personal best, I'd say just about all of them, you know, you're capable of rewriting them based on what you did at the World Cross Trials. So yeah. just correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. 800, uh, 207.3 – um yep. back in 2017 yeah that's uh, probably not in danger <laughs> yeah. um 1500 413.99 which was done uh march last year yeah uh 3k 908 yeah um was that was that to get the bronze at nationals yeah last yep. year yeah um 5k now there's two here so 5k on the track is down as 1654 um, but 5K road is 1550 from the Gold Coast last year. Yep. And um, yeah, as I said before, 10K, it was 3521 um, at Sydney 10 back in 2018, but you ran faster than that at Stromlo. So, yep. um, yeah, like I'd imagine that you'd be looking at low, like, you know, you finished two seconds behind Izzy Bat Doyle, who's run like low 15 minutes and 31.40 for 10K. So, yep. you know, you're, you're certainly looking to rewrite all of those PBs, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, getting into some track racing this year, um, you know, trying to see what I can do. I definitely think I can, you know, improve that 5K significantly. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm not sure if I'll run a 10. I'm in kind of no hurry to to get to the 10K track, but obviously in the future, um, that's something that I can look towards. Um, and, you know, it might be good to do some 10K road races in the back half of the year as well. So hopefully can can get a bit quicker there. Yeah. And do you, from your training group, like how many people, how, how many people are in your squad and do you have people helping you out for reps or are you doing a lot of the stuff solo? Um, no, we got a pretty big squad, so um, I don't know, there probably is about 20 of us now, um, so pretty big group. Um, we got a lot of uh, teenage boys, and then um, we've also got uh, Laura Roth, so 
um, that's Roffy's wife. Um, she's obviously a former Australian champion in the 800, so very good caliber runner. Um, James Nipparis runs with us as well um, for sessions. Um, but uh, mainly I always have someone to help me with at least part of what I'm doing um, yeah. because, you know, we've got plenty of us, um, you know, things overlap. A lot of the boys do the 8.15, but um, they can do uh, that kind of threshold work with me um, or they jump in for, you know, some reps um, to help me out. So, you know, I've pretty much always got someone to run with. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And um, what do you do outside of running? Because like part of the reason that we wanted to, um, interview, I guess, you know, the World Cross representatives, especially the ones that, you know, don't get mentioned on our show regularly, so that when people are either watching on TV or are on the course at Bathurst, they sort of know a little bit about um, the runners that they're cheering for. So what do you do outside of running? Yeah, so I did a uh, Bachelor of Science at uni um, with a major in nutrition and food science. Um, so I am looking to do a master's in nutrition and dietetics. I just sort of haven't got around to that yet. I've kind of put it on hold because I have been focusing on my running and it's not not a degree that you can kind of just do on the side. Um, so at the moment I work full time uh, for an insurance company. Um, so, yeah, that's that's mainly what I do outside of, of running for work. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And um, interest outside of running? Um, I'd say I really enjoy like food and cooking, um, love doing anything like that, you know, trying new recipes, um, just cooking for everyone, um, other hobbies, reading. I love going to new coffee shops, um, trying new coffee, um, and then also just, just getting back home to, to the farm when I can. Mm. Brady's a big reader I'm not such a big reader but he loves asking people that he interviews what's yep. the most recent book you've read yep uh currently I'm reading White Teeth by Zadie Smith um it's pretty good I'm about halfway through it um I I like it I just got recommended it by my partner so that's why I'm giving it a go yeah very good well thank you so much for giving up some of your time um We'll all be on course at Bathurst, so it'll be nice to hopefully meet you in person. Um, before I let you go, though, one thing I did notice was your Strava bio. You might have to update it because your Strava <laughs> bio says that girl you used to race race in high school, now a shuffler with shin splints and chronic ankle pain. <laughs> yeah, probably need to update it, but you know keeps me yeah. humble yep. put that one there world world cross representative 2023 so um yeah all the best for the next couple of weeks um yeah the country's behind you and uh as i said look forward to cheering for you at mount panorama in two weeks time awesome thanks so much brad thanks holly bye Win your way to the start line of the Hoka Runaway Sydney Half Marathon on Sunday the 21st of May by winning one of two double passes for you and a mate. Check out the Inside Running Podcast Instagram feed for details on how to enter.